Welcome in, everybody. Owen, we went four and two this week. We did. Both of us did. Are we playing heads up right now? What are you, what are you what are you doing? No, I'm not doing anything. Just oh. keep rolling. Oh, okay. Um both had some very good games. Um I my Pac twelve champs rolled. My Pac twelve champs absolutely rolled. Hey, I picked your Pac twelve champs. Uh, I I picked your pack I picked your Pac twelve champs. Did I? Yeah, did I for <laughs> sure picked your Pac twelve champs. Um uh, did I pick my Pac-12 chips? You did pick your Pac-12 chips because you were like, I'm not going against my Pac-12 chips. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, no, I for sure I for sure picked uh, your Pac-12 champs. The ones I did lose on, though, were uh, – it was rough. It was rough. Yep. Um, definitely a good week as far as bowls. I mean, all these scores, with the exception of, you know, a few games, they were all very close. Um Marshall scared us. Marshall scared us both uh, a little bit this week, and then uh, Louisville absolutely <laughs> slaughtered Cincinnati. So uh, we'll get into it here in a little bit. Um, but for the time being, welcome in. Thank you for listening to the Panther Pod. My name's Cole Connor. I'm Owen Spelnick, and you are listening to the Panther Pod. All right, kicking things off. Uh, first things first, we're in person this week. We are in person. No Finally, more Rona. You got over COVID. I did get over COVID. Um, kicking things off, somebody better tell them Greeks that uh, Troy, they're out here winning battles. I mean, uh, games. Yeah. Uh, number 24, Troy, takes down number 25, UTSA, 18 to 12. Um, Gunnar Watson... Not impressive. No, it was all. really Troy's defense, and uh, but it, like it was the tale of turnovers. Like Troy would turn the ball over, then UTSA would turn the ball over. Troy would turn the ball over, then UTSA would turn the ball over. Like it was just kind of a back and forth game, and I was very surprised with UTSA's uh, offensive performance. I was really expecting them to be better turnover wise. Uh, UTSA had five turnovers in this game. Oh. Three fumbles and two interceptions. And you don't win the turnover battle, you're not going to win the game. And really, that was uh, UTSA's Achilles heel. Uh, this would have been the first. <laughs> Troy. Troy. Hey. But, um, anyways, uh, um, <laughs> we have too much fun here. <laughs> we have way too much fun when we're recording. Uh, but UTSA was seeking their first bowl win ever. Really? In the history of the program, UTSA was – the University of Texas, San Antonio. Didn't get it. Did not <laughs> – didn't get it. Nope, they sure didn't. The Troy Trojans took down the UTSA Roadrunners 18-12, to 12, all on the back of that Trojan defense, man. No wooden horses today. Nope, nope. Gunnar Watson, 13 for 23, 113 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Frank Harris for the Roadrunners, 23 for 42, 194 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Yeah. Um, rushing the ball, UTSA did not have a single person to score um, running. Uh, Troy Kamani Vidal, 
21 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, leading rusher for UTSA, though, Kavorian Barnes. Uh, 22 carries, 138 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but a long of 53. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a battle of defense. Uh, UTSA started the game with a safety, which is very weird. Yep, but got backed up right there in the red zone. Uh, field position was also key in this game. But I tell you what, that the Troy defense was lights out. Lights out. K.J. Robertson had an interception. Uh, Richard Jabunor. Richard Jabunor. Okay, Richard Jabunor had, had an interception. But also Carlton Marshall, seven, seven tackles with seven assists. Man. Like the Troy, and then and then KJ Robertson five tackles four assists. Reddy Stewart five tackles two two assists. Craig Slocum five tackles one assist. I mean it was just constant, 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 constant. This defense was attacking UTSA's offense, and I really thought that UTSA's offense was going to be too uh, too tough to handle at some point because the offense because Troy's offense was just not going to help them out. But no, during this game, Troy's defense held strong and was not going to let UTSA. They were down down late. I mean, it was twelve nothing there for a while. UTSA came back and scored, had a pick six, uh, or Troy had a pick six. I mean, Troy came back and scored. It. I mean. Gunnar Watson, like, not a great game. There was even talk that they were going to put in, uh, lo and behold, a familiar name, oh. Jarrett Dagey. Oh. There was talk of putting him in. Oh, I bet that sent chills down your spine. And I saw him on the sideline, and I went, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> it was okay. It was Neil just, Brown, don't get any ideas. Don't get any ideas. No, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, honestly, I was just impressed with Troy's defense in this game. Never got tired, never wavered. Uh, it was tough there at the first half. Uh, UTSA scored 12 points right there at the half. Couldn't do anything else after that. Troy went on a on a uh, 11 point run, 11 point unanswered run mm. out there in the second quarter or second half. I mean, uh, and Pitch Troy comes second half shutout. Yep. yep. Uh, Troy comes on with the win, 18-12. Uh, moving on to my Pac-12 champions, and let's be real, everyone's Pac-12 champions, the Oregon State Beavers, take down the mighty Florida Gators. Chomp? Chomp? No. Oregon State takes down Florida 30-3 to in the Las Vegas Bowl, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Um, Florida only scored three points in the fourth quarter. That's that's it. Oh, no, no, no. With like two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no. Terrible. Florida now continues their uh, scoring streak. They have never – it's been 436 games since they've been shut out. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That should have happened this week. Should have happened. Should have happened. Uh, Oregon State just lights out, man. Offensively, just lights out. Defensively – I mean, Florida could not answer offensive. Uh, Jack Miller, the third, did not know this that Adrian Peterson was not playing in this game. That's bad on my Adrian part. Adrian Peterson, not it's Adrian. Not Adrian. Peterson. Um, Who is their quarterback? I thought it was Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is the running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, but the- I, I know that. Well, he was, but um, no, it's not. Um, 
That's not his name. Who was it? Who wasn't? I'm for sure. Okay. Anyways, Jack Miller the third, who was the backup quarterback, went 13 for 22, 180 Anthony yards. Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Adrian Peterson. What is dude? R- Come on. Mm. Come on. Bad on me. Bad on Be me. Better. Bad on me. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State for the first time. This is the th- the for the third time in Beaver football history. They went to a ten win season. Good for them. Last time was uh, 2001, I think. Mm-hmm. was the last time they went for a 10-win season. Um, so, yeah. And I called it. <laughs> no, you, did, you called Pac-12 championship. You did not call a 10-win season. Now, they did play in Las Vegas in Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Pac-12 championship was played. So, might as well. And they won. And they won. Um, Jack Miller played decent for his first start, 13 for 22, 180 yards. However, for Oregon State – uh, ben Goldbranson, uh, 12 for 19, 165 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Tristan Gibbia, 5 for 6, 24 yards. They had a couple different people. I think they, uh, I think Ty John Lindsay was a um, trick play. Was a trick play, but Tristan Gibbia, that was um, that was weird. Kind of interrupted the flow of the game there for a little bit. Um, but Ben Goldbranson, I think they found their starting quarterback in him. Uh, was phenomenal during this time. Could move around the pocket a little bit. Just Speaking of moving around the pocket, he also had five carries, 15 yards, and a rushing touchdown as yep. well. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Tajon Lindsey also had a rushing touchdown, one carry, eight yards, touchdown. And Jam Griffin had two carries, two yards, touchdown. So Beavers for sure got it done offensively. Yep. Uh Overall team stats, Beavers got it for 353 total yards, 189 of that passing, 164 rushing. Florida had 39 rushing yards. Mm. 39. Oregon State had 24 first downs compared to Florida's 13. Um, they were 7 for 12 on third down compared to Florida, who was 5 for 14. Um Florida had 11 penalties for 82 yards. Oregon State had seven for seven penalties for f- for 50 yards. Clean game, no turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles. Uh, clean game. Everybody kept the ball on their side of the fence. So yeah, uh, but your Pac-12 champions. Uh, what bowl was this? What was the name of the bowl? Oh, Las Vegas Bowl. The Las Vegas Bowl. The Pac-12 champ. Coles. Oregon State Beavers, a.k.a. his Pac-12 champions. Everyone's Pac-12 champs. Whatever. Uh, They are your 2022 Las Vegas Bowl winners. There you go. And now moving on to a bowl not named after a city but a state. The New Mexico Bowl. BYU-SMU. You're missing a bowl. No, I'm not. Cincinnati, Louisville, the Scott Satterfield Bowl. Are we doing that one first? Yes. Before SMU BYU? Yes. You are out of order, my good sir. Out of order. I have. <laughs> I have UTSA. Florida. Your order is wrong. I have UTSA, Florida, Cincinnati, SMU, Marshall, Liberty. Well, fine. We'll do it your way then. SMU BYU. SMU BYU. All right. Fine. Now. Before I was rudely interrupted Whatever. by a guy saying, you're out of order, my guy. You are out of order. Check the text message. <laughs> Anyways, out of uh, – go back and, uh, for our picks. I'll show you. Um, BYU squeaks out a win 
over the SMU Mustangs, unfortunately, because I picked the Mustangs to win this game. And Tanner Mordecai had himself a day young man. Uh, 24 for 20, uh, 24 to 23, BYU pulls out the win. Uh, their final game in Independence, they will be Big 12 members by July. 47 yards passing for the Cougars. 47 yards passing, yeah. 218 yards passing for Tanner Mordecai. He went 27 for 37, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Taylor Levine for SMU also had 23 carries, 91 yards, and a tutty as well. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, your boy, did not have a great day rushing. Uh, had a lot of issues out there in the backfield. BYU got a hold of him. Quickly and often. Yeah, unfortunately. Five carries for negative 18 yards. Uh, BYU registered four sacks, so that would very much explain that. Uh, Jaron Hall – or I'm sorry, it was not Jaron Hall. It was Slow J. Maivia Peters. Sol J. Maivia Peters. I wonder if he's related to uh, Rocky Maivia. I... Peter Maivia. <laughs> Samoan Dynasty. What are you – if you smell what Soul J is cooking, <laughs> what the Cougars are cooking. Anyways, seven for 12, 47 yards, and an interception. However, however, he had himself a day on the ground. However, Soul J. Maivia Peters had a great day on the ground 14 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Christopher Brooks, for the Cougars as well, had 19 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, so really for BYU, for, for BYU and SMU, it was a tale of two different teams. BYU could pass it. I mean, BYU S- could run the ball. SMU could throw the ball. Yeah. Now, SMU had decent running numbers as well. I mean, they rushed for 171 as a team and a touchdown. Exactly. However, BYU had the ball longer, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, and they were able to – Had it three minutes longer. Well, I mean, if they wouldn't have had it, it makes a difference minutes, in a one score game. Yeah, especially when SMU scored 13 unanswered in the fourth to come back down 24 10. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's SMU went for the two point try on their last one and they got stopped. Um, unfortunately. Because I would have loved to have seen this game play out in overtime. Yeah. This is one of those where you want a few extra minutes on the clock. And it is rumored as well that the Pac-12 is looking at SMU really? for expansion. San Diego State and SMU. Good for them. So we're going to see. We're going to see. Should, I hope they should, should SMU have been part of the new Big 12 after the Big 8 and Southwest Conference split up? More yes. than likely. Uh, however, death penalty in the 80s, that'll do it to you. Yeah. Um, Two years, and they're still feeling the effects of it 30 years, 40 years later. Yep, 30, 30 years. 35. Yeah, yep. close to 40. Close to 40. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to insult any of our listeners who were born in the 80s, okay? I mean, it's it's not an insult if it's the truth. You know what? You can't handle the truth. So that's what you, you – that's, that's – all right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> All right. Which game are we – because I'm out of order. Because you are out of order. Cincinnati was second on my list, and you've gone way out of order. I'm going rogue, apparently. We're, we're, you are very much going rogue. SMU-BYU. BYU wins 24-23 in a very close game. 
uh, BYU ends out their independence run with a victory. We'll be joining the Big 12 effective effective on July 1st, 2023. Uh, SMU, or, oh my gosh, we just talked about SMU. Cincinnati, Louisville, the Scott Satterfield Bowl. Oh, this is the one you thought was in New York. Yes. I was, so there is, there is, there's two bowls in a, uh, there are two bowls in baseball stadiums. The Fenway Bowl, which is in Fenway Stadium, or Fenway Park, I, excuse me. And then there is the Mad Dog Lawn Care Bowl, which is in Yankee Stadium. And that, I, I forget who's playing in that bowl. I think we're talking about them here coming up. Um, Louisville, the Cardinals, take down the Cincinnati Bearcats 24-7. to uh, Louisville just, they didn't play, like here's the thing, they did well enough to win. However, the issue with Cincinnati, though, is you were close. You were very, very close. How close was I in that bowl to the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl? That's right. Okay, the Pinstripe. Hey, but that's an awesome. I like the Pinstripe Bowl. Well, that's and cool. but I like the the name of that Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe. Come on, that's a great name for a bowl. Mad game. Dog would have been better. Mad Dog, yeah, but it is what it is. Cincinnati loses to Louisville, twenty-four to seven. Back on track now. Sorry. Uh, Louisville did not have their or um, excuse me, Cincinnati did not have their starting quarterback. They instead had Evan Prater, who went seven for fifteen, eighty-three yards, and a touchdown. Honestly, just couldn't get anything going through the air. Couldn't get anything going on the ground. Uh, a bad time getting sacked seven times by Louisville's defense. Yeah, Evan Prater had thirteen carries for negative thirty yards. Seven of those were the sacks. Exactly. So it, it was just it was just a difficult time. Cincinnati just did they they looked lost without Luke Fickle. They looked like a completely different team. They looked lost without their starting quarterback. It just it was a tough time. Louisville, on the other hand, uh, Brock Dumman, who Malik Willis did not play in this game. Uh, not Malik Willis. Um, Malik Cunningham. Yep. My, my fault. Uh, Brock Dumman. Had ten. It was ten for eighteen. Ninety-two yards passing, touchdown interception. Braden Smith. Well, I'm really fumbling the bag this this episode. I just realized that you are. You're ro- you're rubbing off of me. You Braden are. Smith had three care uh, three passes, three completions, per five attempts. That are was. Are you sure? That's what I'm looking at. Because I have Brock Dahman, 13 for 21, 132, one touchdown, one interception. Well, the website that I'm looking at must be wrong. I'm on. Are you on ESPN? No, I am not on ESPN. I mean, um, the sports company, it, it, do, it doesn't matter. It They're doesn't matter. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless, they did better throwing yes. with two quarterbacks than Cincinnati did with their one. Somebody who did have himself a day, Jawar Jordan. Yes. Nine carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, oh. Maurice Turner, though? For 31 carries, 160 yards, no touchdowns. No touchdowns so far, unfortunately. Two running backs rushed for over 100 yards. Hey, Owen? Yeah. Cincinnati had 44, and 43 of those were from Ethan Wright. Ooh. Ooh. Rough. Rough. Well, and uh, Cincinnati 
had 138 total yards of offense, 83 passing, 55 rushing. I mean, you're just not going to be able to yeah. win much games yeah. on that. They averaged 2.6 yards a play. That's, I mean, that's enough for, that would be enough for uh, Army Navy. Yeah, yeah, which it was for Army. Remember? Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> won themselves that game. They did. Um, Cincinnati only had 11 first downs this entire game. 11 first downs. They were high flying. Louisville had 24. That's brutal. That absolutely brutal. Uh, Cincinnati had to punt it seven times. Bad beat for the Bearcats, good win for the Cardinals. However, though, I will say this. This game is an anomaly. Louisville had four turnovers. Cincinnati only had two. Louisville had two interceptions, two interceptions and two, two fumbles. fumbles. Okay. So this isn't usually those, you know, mm-hmm. if you lose turnover battle, you're going to lose the game. Not for Louisville. Uh, Scott Satterfield. Uh, moves on to go be the head coach at Cincinnati, and Jeff Brom will now be the head coach at Louisville. Mm. Bad beat for the Bearcats. Hopefully Scott Satterfield will be able to turn that team around after mm-hmm. opening up a can on them. Yep. Nice uh, nice automatopia there. Bad beat for the, for the Bad Bear- beat for the Bearcats. Look at you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really trying to get into my broadcaster voice because <laughs> – um, Okay, so now can we talk about Marshall? Yes. All right. A game that we texted about. Yes. Owen, we were both scared. Um, um, I wasn't scared. You were scared. Here's the thing. Marshall was up 21-0 in the half. Okay? 21-0 in the half. And then... Like, UConn rattles off 14 in the third. 14 in the third. But let's be honest, though. Making UConn, it a one-score game. I, I, no, they did not make it a one-score game. 14-28, to 28, that is a two-score game, my no, no, guy. No. What I'm saying is, at one point, it was 21-14. It was not 21-14. It was 28-0, or 28-7. It never got to the point of 21-14. Okay. I know, because I watched the game. Uh, I, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to openly admit that on the mic. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Dadgummit, Cole, we're trying to be professional here. I'm. I'm. So, I don't have time to watch every single bowl game. Unlike some people, I'm sorry. I have a job. <laughs> you ain't gotta put me out on day. You gotta put me a blast like that day. I'm still in school. Give me a minute. <laughs> Give me a minute. Um. No. Good win for uh, the Thundering Herd. Uh, twenty-eight to fourteen over the vaunted Yukon Huskies. <laughs> have not been to a bowl game in twelve years. They're probably not going to make it back to one. Honestly, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. UConn's turning a corner. I think uh, they used to be really good in the Big East days, uh, compete for conference championships, and it just has not been great. Independence has not done well for them for the Huskies. Let's um, be real. UConn does not care about football. No. Nearly as much as what they do about women's basketball and men's basketball. Yeah. UConn, honestly, in football probably should drop to FCS. That them yeah. and you them that and UMass. Make sense. Yeah, them and UMass. Them and UMass. Um, however, UConn. Marshall was just absolutely like UConn in the first half looked like an FCS team playing an FBS team. Like it, it was yeah. like Marshall was all over the place. Marshall had a pick six. They had a massive pass to it for a touchdown. Like it was 
UConn had a like Marshall turned the ball over on down. It was a fourth down, but he wasn't going to get it anyways. And it was a fumble. Marshall turns it over, and then very next play, quarterback for you, uh, Zion Turner for UConn just pitched the ball, and it was complete fumble. And Marshall recovers. I mean, it was just it was a terrible showing by the Huskies. Cam Fancher for Marshall was ten for twenty. 93 yards, two touchdowns, interceptions. At the that's end, not a good stat line. Not a great stat line, no. But you still got two tutties in there. I mean, that's that that's half the points of what's going on. You know, Zion Turner for UConn. Doing the math here. Nine for twenty-seven. Abysmal. Terrible. Hundred and sixty-six yards passing. Average of six point one. Per pass, no touchdowns, three interceptions for a QB rating of thirteen. That ooh, yeah. Oh, and then uh, Kale Millen, the backup, two for three, six yards. Two for three, six yards. Yep, because um, two times three equals six. Victor Rosa um, was UConn's offense. 16 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Good for him. Uh, Rasheen Ali, 15 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown for the Herd. Um, they almost had two backs break 100 as well here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good game for Marshall. Congrats, you beat UConn. I Did mean, you see Charles Huff reaction at the end of the game where he's like, is screaming – about how happy he is that he won the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Have, have you seen that? No, I I'll have to show you the clip after after okay. we're done recording here. Um, but it's literally him just screaming. So don't tell me bowl games don't matter because they one hundred percent matter. I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. In no, general, it's exciting and it's great for the program. But at the same time, it's UConn. It's UConn, but still, you made it to a bowl game. Yeah. You did well in the postseason. So, you know, I. Congrats, little brother. You were the better West Virginia team this year, and I hate to admit that. That made me absolutely sick and vomit. Oh. And vomit the same color that your colors are. Okay. I hope Tulane gets curb stomped. Um, no, what? No! I'm cheering for him. Don't get me wrong. No. No. L- LSU needs to be the superior Louisiana school. It's not going to happen this year. Mm. Um... <laughs> Moving on from Marshall and Tulane to a game that is very close and personal to our dear hearts, the Hugh Freezeless Liberty Flames, the Freezeless Flames, say that ten times fast, (laughs) drop a game to the Toledo Rockets, the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, Liberty loses 21-19. Uh, fall to eight and five on the year. <clears throat> Caden Salter, twelve for twenty, uh, eighty-four yards and a touchdown. C.J. Daniels, one for one, sixty-seven yards, touchdown. Daquan Finn for Toledo, sixteen for twenty, uh, sixteen for twenty-four, one thirty-three and a touchdown. Uh, Tucker Gleason, two for four, fifty yards. Here's the thing for Liberty. Is you had two missed field goals here. Should have been a tie game. Should have had this game tied up. Should have, should have probably won the game there at the end. Um, and for Liberty, I just missed opportunities. But 
But you did just lose your head coach. Uh, but you gained a gr- another great one as well in Jamie Chadwell. So, but um, yeah, uh, Liberty will also end their independence this year. Mm-hmm. Either this year or next year will be the last year of independence. I think it's in 2024. 2024. Okay. Because um, I think they had a two year penalty. Gotcha. Uh, but two missed field goals. I mean, that's that's really gonna that's that's gonna do it to you. Um, missing that extra point, you know, and I, and well, I say two missed field goals, but it was two PATs, two PATs. But In what it was is, is you missed the PAT, should have been a tie game at this point, um, and then you went for it for two and failed to convert. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I I thought Liberty played well. They didn't play well enough because they should have scored more throughout the second and third quarter while Toledo was scoring. Um, and just couldn't get it done. Now they rallied enough back uh, there in the uh, in the fourth quarter, but just just wasn't enough. You know, Liberty was going for their fourth straight bowl win. Good for them. Good for them. Honestly, a program that could, could compete in the Power Five probably should should have gone to the Sun Belt or the American, not Conference USA, not Conference USA. I think there's a lot more working under the, behind the scenes on that Conference USA trip for Liberty. What do you, why? Why? To explain your reasoning for that. I think that a majority of the teams knew before the news broke about the 12-team playoff expansion. Mm-hmm. And them going to Conference USA. Who is going to compete with Liberty in Conference USA? It's very true. Now, the new teams coming in, New Mexico State, who actually did beat them, stopped them this year. Yeah. Um, but usually on a day-to-day basis, had Hugh Freeze not announced that he was going to Auburn, I think he would they would have won that game. Yeah, but, but Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. Now they've got to compete against La Tech, Western Kentucky, uh, Middle Tennessee. They have to compete against Sam Houston State, UTEP, and um, Jacksonville State, which is Rich Ross. Right. New team. Of those teams – who is going to beat Liberty in Conference USA on a on a semi regular basis? Um, if I had to guess, maybe Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, maybe. That's one. Yeah, we'll see about Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State because Sam Houston was FCS championship and okay. Jacksonville State was. So let's split those. Okay. So two losses so far. Right? Okay. What team would not get into the playoffs under a 12-team format with two losses? Well, I would – but think about this. If you had – think about JMU, though. If JMU has one loss when they implement this 12-team playoff and they're in the Sun Belt. Everybody's looking at the Sun Belt now as the best, most entertaining group of five conference. And I agree with that. I, I'm not saying they're, no, they're no, not. No, no, no. But – but a but a one loss JMU will get in over a two loss Liberty one hundred percent because yeah. it's the, it's it's going to be the top six conferences the top six conference champions so that means all Power Five and a group of five now it could be multiple group of fives who knows that the yeah. Pac twelve and the ACC are down but I would I would say more than likely it'd be all Power Five and a group of five yeah um, but no I I, I would I would say it'd be a Sun Belt champion. If Liberty loses two losses, is a Sun Belt or an American champion that's getting in? Right. However, with their hire of Jamie Chadwell, Liberty is basically saying, look, 
come to us. We're going to Conference USA. Not the biggest move in college football history, but I think Liberty made a very smart decision and a very business-minded decision because I give it two, three seasons, and Liberty is dominating Conference USA. I wouldn't even give it two seasons. I'd say next um, as soon as they jump in to Conference USA, I, w- I would for sure say that they they – they're they're going to dominate Conference USA. They're at least finishing in the top two in Conference USA. Oh, for sure. They're going to the championship game every year, begin yeah. as soon as they start. And if you have that kind of dominance, why wouldn't the playoff committee select you to make it to the playoffs? Yeah. So I, I think Liberty made the smart move going there instead of going to the Sun Belt or waiting it out and trying for a true power five. But – that's trying to predict the future. Yeah. It's very much, you know, it's up for debate. These conference moves will be happening in July of 2023. So this okay, upcoming, so it's not 2024. Yes. The, the 2024 one, Kennesaw State is jumping from FCS A-Sun to, the, to Conference USA in 2024. Okay. So 2023, all the big moves that are happening – uh, maybe Texas and Oklahoma, they're more like they're shooting. They're trying to push. They're trying to push, but I would see they're, they're going to go to 2024 is what it's starting to sound like is Texas and Oklahoma are going to move to the SEC then. However, starting in July, the four new Big 12 members will – the four new members for the Big 12 will be joining, and that is UCF, Houston, uh, Cincinnati, and BYU will be going to the Big 12, keeping the Big 12 for the foreseeable future as a 14-team league. Uh, the American will be adding like UNT, FAU, UTSA. Um, there's a uh, UNC Charlotte, and then there's another team if uh, UAB. Those are the those are the teams that are going. And then for Conference USA in 2023, Jacksonville State, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston State will be joining in Conference USA, and then Kennesaw State will join the following year. So a lot is going to change, and honestly, that's something that we're going to cover probably in our summer special as well. In our summer special. Just to say, hey, this is where we stand right now as far as recruiting, transfer portal, everything like that. This is our projected day one lineups for LSU West Virginia. If we go that in depth, and then we'll also be taking a very deep dive into realignment. Yes, but back to the Liberty-Toledo game. Yeah, uh, You already gave – uh, stats for Caden Salter, who was also the leading rusher for Liberty, 10 carries for 63 yards. Um, Bentley Hanshaw was the uh, re- had a touchdown reception, uh, as did Trayon Sil- uh, Sibley. Uh, he also had a touchdown reception. Both of them had a combined five receptions. Mm. Five receptions in this game. Two touchdowns, five receptions. Two touchdowns, five receptions between the two of them. Uh, for Toledo, Daquan Finn. Had six, it was 16 for 24, 133 carries, or 133 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Daquan Finn actually did have a rushing touchdown. He had 17 carries for 23 yards and the only rushing touchdown for the Rockets of Toledo. Looking at team stats here, um, oh, man, I don't like that Toledo's color is straight white on that. That's a little confusing. Mine's dark blue. Mine's a gray and white. So maybe it is mine that's messed up. Yep. Um, total yardage, Toledo had them beat 356 to 253. Both teams had a turnover. 
Um, time possession, Toledo absolutely dominated. 40 minutes to 19 minutes. Uh, first downs again. That goes to show you with that time of possession. Uh, Toledo had 27 first downs. Liberty had 12. Uh, both teams lost a fumble. Penalties really didn't matter as much in this game. Um, both teams had five. Liberty had five for 40. Toledo had five for 55. Um, beyond that, I mean, a messy game for the Flames, but the future is very bright with Jamie Chadwell and conference realignment pending. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, congratulations, Toledo. You are the Boca Raton Bowl champions. Yep. Owen, what is today in college football? Today is National Signing Day. Early signing day, actually. Yeah, yeah. National signing day is in February, but but this is also early National Signing Day as well. It's moved up. It's they, we have two National Signing Days. Yeah, because you know, why not? And yeah. then if you count like the close of the transfer portal, that's technically three. Has it been the close of the transfer portal already? I thought they still no, had a few. it's still open. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna cover the top ten teams as far as like rankings currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Alabama. No surprises there. Alabama is always fantastic about recruiting. They s- brag it about it every single year. Uh, Alabama has had 27 commits so far, six of them being five-star, 20 of them being four-star, and one lone three-star. Number two, Georgia. Close behind them, 26 commits total. Uh, two five-stars, 24-stars, and four three-stars. Number three, Texas. Owen. Horns down. down. Uh, four five-stars, one of those being Arch Manning. Um, four five-stars, ten four-stars, and then eight three-stars. Number four, Miami, 26 total, three fives, 14 fours, and eight threes. Number five, O-H-I-O. Ohio State, 20 commits total, one five-star, a little surprising there, um, 18 four-stars and one three-star. Number six, LSU, 25 commits. We'll dive into them a little bit later. Uh, 25 commits total as of right now. We have one five-star, 18 four-stars, and six three-stars. Number seven, Oregon, um, 28 commits total, three five-stars, 15 four-stars, and 10 three-stars. Number eight, Oklahoma. Again, a little surprising that they're that far up. Um, two five-stars, 13 four-stars, and nine three-stars. Number nine, Notre Dame. Uh, 24 commits, no five-stars, 24 stars, and then uh, four three-stars. And rounding out the top ten is Tennessee. 25 total, one five-star, 12 four-stars, and then 12 three-stars as well. Uh, Clemson barely missed it at 11. USC fell all the way down from 10th to 15th. And South yeah. Carolina fell from 9th. Uh, yeah, South Carolina started out strong. Yep. Um, definitely a lot of shocks and surprises. Um, not too much coming out of. I mean, it's day one. Um, well, no, it's it's over now. It's over now. So this is where the uh, Yankees 
uh, the ranking stands. The Yankings. Excuse me. I'm sorry. A um, little bit of a shock. Colorado. Um, Deion Sanders was obviously touting about uh, National Signing Day, trying to get as many people to flip. Uh, 16 commits total. Two four stars and 13 three stars. Well, and here's the thing with Colorado. Colorado is going to have to rely more on the transfer portal than high school recruiting at this point. The transfer portal is still open, but really really what we're going to I wouldn't even look at transfer the this time that the transfer portal window is open. I would look to it probably after the national championship game, after a lot of bowl game and New Year's Six bowl games. I think there's going to be another wave. But then just the next time that the portal opens, which is going to be in the spring, um, just looking at that window, that's really where Colorado's going to make their bread and butter. It's not going to be high school recruits. That's going to be that's going to be next year, probably a twenty twenty four class. That's what's going to be coming in for for Dion this um, uh, for next year for this cycle. But he's really going to rely on transfer portal this year. Um, so we'll see if things don't start lighting up for Colorado. I would venture to say that like Colorado's not going to be as successful as everyone's thought. We're going to see though. Yeah. Um, but I, I I would say just Colorado look more at the transfer portal rankings than the 2023 recruiting rankings because these are all still under the previous head coaches uh, recruits. So yeah, that you know we're just going to kind of have a feeling out process here, um, spring game things like that for uh, Colorado. Would you like to start, or would you like me to? Um, I could start because I'm kind of lower here on the board. West Virginia rounds out uh, the top top 40 mm. in recruiting rankings. They come in 39th. Um, it says two four stars, but I'm pretty sure we signed another th- a three another four star here at the end. So three four stars, 17 three stars. West Virginia is not known massively for the recruiting, unlike some. We don't have an SEC logo next to our name. That does not mean SEC is the best. The only reason people want to go play in the SEC is because Nick Saban is in the SEC. However, however, uh, West Virginia comes in 39th, whatever. West Virginia comes in 39th uh, in recruiting. We're going to see how this goes, all right, because everybody talks about how great of a recruiter Neil Brown is. It's like, all right, well, that's great, but he's not – like, we're not top 25. I want to see a top 25 class. West Virginia should be able to pull a top 25 class. Here's the thing. If 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 Michigan State, Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and Utah can all pull a top 25 class, Arkansas is pulling a top 25 class. TCU's pulling a top 25 class. For South good Car- reason. South Carolina – well, yeah, but still, South Carolina pulling a top 25 class. For good class. reason. South Carolina-, South Carolina just beat Clemson and Tennessee. Yeah, they just beat Clemson and Tennessee, but I mean, they still finished eight and four in the year. And what did West Virginia finish? Five and seven. Yeah, still, still. All I'm saying is South Carolina, historically, not a powerhouse in the SEC. Doesn't usually pull a top twenty-five class. Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Okay, been a while. Been a while. Twenty. 2015, somewhere in there, because his last game was against us, mm. and we beat South Carolina so bad that he retired the next exactly. day. But I digress. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I. 
if these teams can pull a top 25 class, especially teams like Texas, TCU is different because TCU is going to the national championship game. However, TCU, not just 10 years ago, just 10 years ago, was a group of five school, and they're pulling a top 25 recruiting class, going to go play for the college football playoffs. Uh, Texas Tech. Bang, bang. Also pull <laughs> Texas Tech also pulling a top 25 class. West Virginia should be able to pull a top 25 class. Fairly easy. Um, I, I agree with that assessment. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we'll see. No Brown is on very thin ice, and maybe that's why we didn't pull as great of a class as we thought. Um, but we'll see. And, uh, I mean, Rodney Gallagher, we put we uh, got him a four-star out of uh, Pennsylvania. Traylon Ray, a three-star. Got a four-star cornerback in. The name escapes me. Um uh, uh, Josiah Jackson. There we go. That's what it was. Uh, Josiah Jackson was a four-star cornerback. Uh, we were able to get him. So I, you know, a lot of th- uh, we're building depth back there in in the backfield, or uh, not backfield, in the secondary for West Virginia. Got a three-star running back in uh, DJ Oliver. Uh, Rodney Gallagher is going to help out hopefully this year after a lot of our, our like all of our receiving core just went to the portal um, for West Virginia. So it's going to be an interesting time. Uh, we did lose a recruit who flipped from West Virginia to Houston. Um, he was a uh, defensive lineman and flipped. However, that's the only flip I know of at the moment. Um, got our 2023 quarterback. He's a three-star, Sean Boyle. Um, so, yeah. Could it be interesting? Uh, I would imagine that during this transfer portal time, Neil Brown's really going to go after some receivers and more um, uh, more safeties, cornerbacks, uh, things for our secondary. He already had two commits out of the transfer portal from Kent State. So it's going to be an interesting time to see uh, see what happens. Can he pull it together? Can he not? We'll find out. Um, as far as LSU goes, um, we are – in a great spot right now, honestly. Uh, we are sixth in the nation, uh, third in the SEC. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we have one five-star, 18 four-stars, and six three-stars currently. To wrap up National Signing Day, a uh, couple guys I want to talk about here. Uh, our four-star safety, Michael Daugherty, um, out of Loganville, Georgia. Uh, beat out uh, UNC, Auburn, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, and a few others. Um, 184 total tackles in high school, four sacks, 11 pass breakups. Um, Not really lighting the world on fire, but a tremendous athlete and can't wait to see what he's going to do for DBU. Um, Another guy that I want to talk about, Ricky Collins, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Local boy. Didn't even have to fly to go see him. Could just drive. Uh, Coming out of Woodlawn High School. um, Accepted us over Purdue, Florida State, Arkansas, Nebraska, Oregon, and a few others. Um, I talked to you before the show about him. um, In a five-game season in 2020, totaled a little under 1,500 yards passing and 16 touchdowns. Um, In his senior year... He had he was uh, 127 for 209, 15, 12, and 17 touchdowns, and rushed for another 598 and six. 
Uh, so Ricky Collins definitely going to make an impact um, and looks to take up the mantle once uh, Daniels and Neusmeyer are out of the program. Uh, Jalen Brown, um, wide receiver out of Miami, Florida, out of Gulliver Prep as well. Um, signed him over Texas A&M, Michigan, Miami, Florida, Florida State, um, and all the other Florida schools. 22 passes, 401 yards, and three touchdowns in six games as a senior. 111 passes during his career, 111 receptions, 2,396 yards, and 25 touchdowns. The 20th wide receiver in the nation and 121st player overall in America. Um, Definitely going to make an impact. We've seen LSU kind of transfer uh, from the DBU mentality that we had in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, into the very flashy wide receiver U with Jamar Chase, Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Justin Jefferson. I can go on. Um, so definitely a name to look out for. Um, we have signed, I want to say, uh, about five or six different offensive linemen uh, that were ranked four stars. Um, our one five-star, Deshaun Womack, out of Baltimore, Maryland, from St. Francis Academy. <clears throat> uh, number three edge in the nation. Number 27 player overall in America. 48 tackles, 26 tackles for loss, 15 sacks, and five fumbles in 2022. An insane year for him. Definitely going to be a force of nature on our defensive line. Um, 6'5", 244. He's already got the college intangibles that you want in a player. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. got that big boy size. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, no, I count um, at least nine offensive linemen, um, varying from three-star to four-star. And then uh, the only flip that we have had so far, we actually flipped a Vanderbilt tight end. uh, Ooh. Ooh. Four-star tight end, Comoran Pimpton. Gee, I wonder how you were able to flip a Vanderbilt commit. 6'6", 227 out of Fort Worth, Texas. 49 passes. 951 and 16 touchdowns. Finished his high school career with 85 receptions, 1326 and 21 touchdowns. The number 12 tight end in the nation. <clears throat> all in all, a very successful national or early national signing day for LSU. Um, Brian Kelly has always had great signing days. Um, and he very well looks to continue that trend for the Tigers. You know, I I think Kelly, uh, Kelly Brian, Brian Kelly. Different coach. Different, different coach. coach, yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly. That's the third brother. <laughs> Brian Kelly had, like, he was less, he was a little handcuffed at Notre Dame just because of the academics and things like that. LSU's not necessarily. Known. What are you trying to say, Owen? Um, I'm saying, I, I, you know exactly what I'm trying to say. LSU is not known for their academics. Is Louisiana State University known for their academics or the, for their football program? Their doctor's program is pretty good. 
their robotics program was like first in the nation. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And football program. And I mean, yeah, football programs halfway decent. Halfway decent. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like he was handcuffed a little bit We're at Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Um, no, I, I think I feel like Brian Kelly's hands were a little. He was a little handcuffed uh, there at Notre Dame, and I think with LSU, he's been able to have that little bit more of a freedom. And he also has an SEC logo to work behind as well, so that helps as well. I'm sorry, just to belabor the point a little bit. There's a Big 12 team in the top three in national signings right now. Texas. There's two in the top ten. Texas and Oklahoma. They do not count. They do not count. Well, they don't count. So why does it, why does it count when I, whenever I hit Big 12? I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are right there. We're going to fight after this. I love you. We're going to fight. I uh, love you, mean it. Moving on to this week's bowl games. Kicking things off in the Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force takes on the Baylor Bears. Oof. Will this be a bad beat for the Baylor Bears? <laughs> Could be. Bad news for the Baylor Bears? Or absolute astonishing Air Force. It's not an automatopoeia with a vowel. Will this be a fantastic and fabulous game football. of finesse and football for the Falcons? Who knows? You're trying too hard now. I am. Uh, <laughs> Baylor is projected to win 69-31. Baylor is Baylor is 6-6. Six and six. Um, Air Force is 9-3. Owen... I'm not going to lie to you. Air Force is a military academy. It, they are. They are. But I would say they're the more they are the more um up to date. Mm-hmm. They've gotten with the times. They've gotten with the times a little bit here. Um looking at some recent wins for Air Force, they beat uh San Diego State 13 to 3. Uh, they beat, man, they beat Colorado State uh, twenty-four to twelve. They beat UNM thirty-five to three, and then they beat Army thirteen to seven. That's four wins in their past five. Um, they dropped a game to Boise uh, nineteen to fourteen as well. Baylor's last five not as friendly. Dropped to Texas thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Dropped to TCU twenty-nine to twenty-eight. Dropped to KSU thirty-one to three. Your Big Twelve champs um, beat Oklahoma thirty-eight to thirty-five. At least you got that in common with Baylor. Um, and then they beat. At least we beat Baylor. Uh, Texas Tech forty-five to seventeen. Baylor is on a different level than what Air Force is. The competition has proved that. I think that's very fair to say. If you're taking the one of the top four programs in the nation to 29 to 28, TCU, you're playing at a different level. 
than someone who is squeaking by Army 13-7. to And I'm not dissing at all. But the competition level is there for the Bears, and it is not there for the Falcons. Um, I am taking the Bears and going with the favorite team. The spread is 3.5, and, and the over-under is 43. For Air Force, uh, has, uh, Hasek, I want to say, Daniels, uh, quarterback for Air Force, 733 yards passing, six touchdowns, two interceptions. Wow. It's not half bad for a service academy. Um, and then for Air Force as well, uh, Brad Roberts has 1,600, car- 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, which is on par with Baylor, who's running back uh, Reese, Richard Reese, has 962 yards, 14 touchdowns. Uh, four touchdowns between both receivers. significant – I'm not trying to – but on a significantly less workload, though. 190 carries versus 300 carries. Is it, though? Force. Because Blake Shaben was 16 for 10 this year with 2,600 passing yards. Well, no, I'm looking at Reese and Roberts. I know, I know. Still, but – with Roberts, you've got to look at like sixteen hundred. That's sixteen hundred passing yards or sixteen hundred rushing yards. How many of that was like two to three yards? That's what triple option does. Right, but three hundred and eight carries versus one hundred and ninety carries. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. it's a hundred less carries. I got and you. I got you. Baylor's putting up about thirty three points a game versus Air Force, who's putting about twenty seven points a game. Baylor is giving up. 26 points a game. Air Force is giving up 13. Baylor's putting up uh, 430 yards total offense. Air Force is putting up just under 400 total yards of offense. Passing yards per game, about 67, almost 68. Fair enough. They're rushing 330 yards a game on average. Baylor's only doing it 194. What do we say on this podcast? Establish the ground game. And you're more than likely going to win the football game. Yards allowed. Baylor's giving up 370 total yards of offense when their when their defense is on the field. Air Force is giving up 256 yards offense. Two teams like Boise, Army. Okay, you Boise, Boise is also CSU, in the running for a for a Power Five placement. I understand. I get it, and I'm not trying to crap on them. However. There is a clear divide in talent. Give me Air Force. Give me you the Falcons. Are crazy. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I if, I understand why. I get it completely. I see the numbers that you are. But even at. after playing Baylor, Shapin is sixteen for ten. Like that. Like this is the thing. Is like unlike Air, unlike Army and Navy. Air Force actually has a quality defense, and they're not dedicated. Now, they are, if you look at the stats, but even then, they're not entirely dedicated to the uh, to the, the triple, triple option. option. For lack of a better term, they like to air it out a little bit. Um, they, you know, like they, like they, thank you, thank you. They are willing to throw the ball more than... Army any or service than, than any of the other two service academies. 
Air Force is a quality team, is a quality football program, and I believe they can get it done, and I believe they will, they will beat Baylor. I know you love Dave Aranda. I know you love the Baylor Bears, but it's not been a great season. Blake Shapin has not turned out to be what they wanted him to be. Give me the Falcons. Give me Air Force. I'll agree to disagree. Whatever. Moving on. Coastal Carolina, East Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. I'm surprised this wasn't the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That would be home field advantage. For both teams. No, no, no. Home field advantage for Coastal Carolina because the Myrtle Beach One, Bowl is played in there. Yes, yes. But it's like a three-hour drive for East Carolina. Maybe. If that. CCU, ECU. The other Carolina schools. <laughs> Besides, you know, NC State, App State, um, everyone else. Um, East Carolina's favored seven and, uh, by seven and a half. This is going to be a quarterback showdown between Grayson McCall. He's not going to be there. He entered the transfer portal. Oh. So, Holton Allers for East Carolina. Um... 3,408 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions. Who is CCU's second string? That's what I'm looking up. Keep going. Bryce Archie? I think so. Nope, he's a true freshman. Doesn't matter. He could be the backup. Bryce Carpenter? Carpenter, yeah. Uh, No, he was arrested. (laughs) Jarrett Guest? It's not looking great for Coastal. Dontrell Jackson Jr. Okay, so it's either well, so Carpenter's arrested, right? Yeah. So you literally have Bryce Archie, true freshman, no yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> Give me the Pirates. Give me the Pirates. I'm not. I'm not even going to go over the stats. Jarrett Guest, 302 yards passing, one touchdown, four interceptions. Give me the Pirates. Dontrell Jackson Jr. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play this out. True freshman, no stat block whatsoever listed. They don't have him. They have him listed as a quarterback, but they don't have any kind of stats listed for him. Um, if you would have told me one Jamie Chadwell, two, if you would have said that Grayson McCall was playing, I would have said okay, fair game. No, I'm picking the Pirates. I am picking the Pirates. And also, too, uh, Coast Carolina is in the negative. They are putting up 29 points on average a game, but giving up 30 points in the game. They're still 9-3. Still 9-3, yeah. Um, been a rough last five. Lost 45-26 last week to the um, – should have never been there. Uh because JMU, that's a dumb rule, and JMU should be allowed in the postseason. But that's regardless. <laughs> um, Troy, 45, lost Troy in the Sun Belt Championship game, 45-26. Lost to the Dukes of JMU, 47-7. to Would go on to be, and then beat uh, Southern Mississippi, 26-23. Beat App State, 35-28. And beat Marshall, 24-13. Looking at ECU's last five. Uh, beat Temple, 49-46. Lost to Houston, forty-two to three. 
lost Cincinnati 27 25, beat BYU 27 24, and beat UCF uh, 34 13. Even more reason to pull for the Pirates. <laughs> Give me the Pirates. I mean, yeah. there's so much going on with Coastal that it's you've lost Jamie Chadwell. That's already a. You know, that's, nail in the, that's one nail in the coffin. Yeah, and then Grace McCall is not going to be there, and you have no idea. Like, uh, we don't have no idea. We have zero idea who is going to be the quarterback for Coastal. It's either going to be a true freshman or someone who has thrown for one touchdown and four interceptions. Yep. And so, 300 yards passing. So, it's going to be a lot of rushing yards for Coastal Carolina, yeah. I, w- I would venture to say. Which, they're not bad rushing. They have a good rushing attack. It does not compare to ECU whatsoever and Keaton Mitchell. Because Keaton Mitchell has 179 attempts, 1325 on the ground, and 13 touchdowns. Um, yeah, no, I'm picking the Pirates. Yeah, I'm I'm also picking the Pirates as well. Moving on to the guaranteed rate bowl, uh, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Uh, the only time I am ever comfortable saying how about them Cowboys. <laughs> I'm going to say not how about them Cowboys. Because Spencer Sanders not is also in the transfer portal, will not be competing in this game. Uh, Wisconsin currently, ESPN has Wisconsin pegged at a fifty-three percent chance of winning this game. Uh, the, oh God, is it Gunner Gundy? Uh, it is for sure Gunner Gundy that it will be uh, that will be starting. Uh, uh, the line, the spread is in favor of Wisconsin. They're uh, three and a half. The over under is forty-three. Hey, look at that. We beat Oklahoma State 24-19 in their last five. Uh, they also lost in Bedlam 28-13. Uh, they beat they, – they were one for four in their last five. Beat Iowa State 24-14, lost to KU, lost to Kansas 27-16, and lost to Kansas State 48-0. They just tanked, fell off a cliff right here in the last half of the season. Uh, Oklahoma State – just it's you know they are not the team that we saw last year uh spencer sanders did decent 17 touchdowns for nine interceptions will not be playing in this game it will be gunner gundy uh wisconsin just hired luke fickle you know great uh, hire great hire great hire absolutely pulled that one out of nowhere out of left field and then um you still got uh, jim leonard who's the inter- interim head coach there for wisconsin so Graham Mertz, I mean, he's been solid, 2,136 uh, yards passing, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, and then Wisconsin likes to run the ball behind that massive brick wall of an offensive line they always seem to have. Uh, Braylon Allen, 208 attempts, 11-26, 10 touchdowns. So we'll see. I mean, um, I'm picking the Cowboys. I am picking the Badgers. Okay. Give me Wisconsin. We gotta disagree on some. We yeah, we've only agreed on East Carolina so far. Uh, I have a very sneaky suspicion that we will agree on the last one as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, last but not least, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Yep. The seven and five Demon Deacons take on the six and six Mizzou Tigers. Before I say anything whatsoever, Sam Hartman's playing this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got to. He is. Sam Hartman, 3,421 yards passing, 
35 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Brady Cook, 25-09, 13 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. From St. Louis, Missouri, hometown boy. Owen, I'm picking the Deacons. I'm also picking the Deacons. Um, they are favored by two, and the spread are uh, – no, they're favored by two, and the over-under is 58-and-a-half. Wake Forest is the better team in this matchup. I will say, though, this is the Missouri team that took the number one team in Georgia and the SEC champs right down to the wire in that game, but then turned right around and lost to Auburn the next week. Yeah. Solely because they dropped the football. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I – Beast of the East, Missouri Tigers? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Um, kudos to Mizu for getting this far. You're not finishing with a winning record. No. No. I, I think the Demon Deacons just overall, even though they had a rough year this year, Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman is playing in this game. Lights out. Lights out. Going to cook. Um, Going to cook, cook for <laughs> Mizzou. <laughs> um but just overall, I think I, I think Wisconsin or Wisconsin Wake, Wake Forest. Forest, brother, Thank you need you. some sleep. I do need some sleep. Uh, Wake Forest is going to play this game, and also like Missouri, they're allowing as many points as they're scoring. Like they're they're breaking even right here. I will say Wake Forest's last five is not great. Dropped to Duke thirty four to thirty one. Beats who was Syrac- a quality team this year? Who was a good team this year? Uh, beat Syracuse forty five to thirty five. Uh, Drop to UNC 36-34. Again, good team this year. Uh, lost to NC State 30-21, and then lost to Louisville 48-21 right around the same time that the Scott Satterfield news was coming out, and um, he was no longer on the hot seat. Yep. Uh, oddly enough, Wake Forest finished second to last in the, in the Coastal Division. That's – just the divisions in the ACC. No, they, so it, the Atlantic Division. Is that what they're – I can't I think remember. it's Atlantic. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Uh, Boston College finished last 2-6, 3-9 overall. It doesn't surprise me. Um, but Lake Forest was 3-5, 7-5 overall. You could probably put Bridgewater College in <laughs> place of Boston College and they would have finished with the same record. That probably. Who knows? <laughs> um, uh, over and under is 58.5 for this game. Spread is in favor of Wake Forest minus two. I think it's going to be more than that. I think yeah. Wake, yeah. yeah. Wake Forest has been shaky in their last five. They turned the ship around and end the season on a high note. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's only four games. Yeah. It's a little weird. Um, but, you know, next Wednesday we'll bring – we'll obviously – Review all of these, and then we'll preview um, some more games for you uh, leading into championship weekend as well. No, it's already a championship, but and not not. I'm talking New about Year's like, Six Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. playoff okay. week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but with that, I think that's going to end this show. Uh, we did really well on time. I'm just going to round of applause for us because we thought this was going to be a two hour show, and we've had we've had just normal shows that lasted shorter than this. We're not even under at an hour and fifteen right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm very impressed right now with just both banging of us. it out. We did bang it out because we 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 were sweating it to be honest at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show. We had a lot to cover, and we were like, man, how are we going to cover it in this show? But I think we I think we did really well, and we hope you liked it. We hope you liked it. 
Um, yeah, if you absolutely. Didn't, if you didn't, please let us know. Please yeah. tell us. We're uh, always going to be receptive to criticism. Please. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We really appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, and, yeah, that's yeah. going to wrap it up here on the Panther Pod. With that, I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening to the Panther Pod.